0: welcome all you unfortunate souls who have found yourself on this corner of the internet Uh, this is episode 23 or something of man Buns and jesus um a show where we 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 pretty much just talk about whatever suits our fancy that week um and uh my name is josh laboreas i'm one of the hosts of, of this here podcast i'm a pastor out in Eastvale, California, at a church called Edgewater, and my uh, my scruffier looking colleague over there is Ben Olschlager, Pastor Ben Olschlager, Reverend Ben Olschlager, the esteemed, uh, and he's a pastor out in Lake Orion, Michigan, at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. Count that Dash as my win for the, for the day. day. What are we talking yeah. about today, Benjamin Olschlager? <laughs>
1: So, uh, Josh and I both find ourselves at interesting churches. Um, Josh is at a, a church plant that's been around for, was it 10 or 20 years?
0: 12 years.
1: 12 years. Um, average,
0: side note why that's weird. The average life of a church band is like four years, at which point they're either like full on their own or they're done.
1: And uh, they find themselves still in the process of trying to uh, locate or build a building. Um, And I know you've got some leads and stuff, but that has become kind of a part of the church's identity. Um, Here at Good Shepherd, I find myself at a church that has a great facility, um, but it was also built at a time when the church was much larger. And so now we're reckoning as a smaller congregation with how do we manage a facility that's probably larger than we need? Um, And the thing that kind of connects those two and is of interest to Josh and I today uh, is budget and money. Um, We both find ourselves in congregations where a significant portion of the budget has to go towards facilities or potential future facilities. And, and, we're just curious and we want to talk about this today because we don't really have a a strong opinion on this yet. Um, I mean, we kind of probably have a strong opinion, but it's not a fleshed out opinion yet. Um, but we want to know, we want to ponder today. What is a good use of our funds and realistically looking at our own congregations and other congregations that we know, does the church make money in idol? Uh, and the answer to that is probably yes. But how significant of an of an issue is that? Uh, Josh, just off the top of your head, where where does that send your brain?
0: Okay, so I'm. I I tend to think about things in in a very kind of like a strategic planning kind of mindset. And at least the way I've been taught, the the way I've been trained, you start with your mission. You start with your goal. So for your general church, what is the mission? Well, the the mission is to do the ministry of the gospel. The mission is to make disciples and make disciples of all nations. The mission is to connect people to uh, faith in in Jesus Christ who lived and died for them. So that's our mission. So whenever I'm faced with any question in how do we do this, why do we do this, et cetera, et cetera, I'm going to bring it back to how does it serve that? So when we ask. You know how does what does the church what should the church's relationship with money be where my head immediately goes is <clears throat> what does how how do finances play into that mission and and immediately my head goes there there are financial realities of of doing ministry right if you want a full time pastor you have to pay them enough to support themselves and their family, right? Like just not to, not going to beat around the bush at all. The reality is I need to be able to pay rent. I need to be able to buy groceries. I need to be able to fill my car with gas, right? So there's, there's a fundamental reality that, if you want someone doing full-time ministry, if you want someone who is spending their time thinking and planning and doing things that build disciples, um, you have to pay them, right? That just is what it is. And and the second is the reality that you probably need a space and space costs money whatever that so like for edgewater right now that looks we we rent the multipurpose room of of a local elementary school um once a week you know if we have a special event we we pick it up for some extra time but that is not free if you have a building even if it's paid off it is not free you have to pay power you have to pay gas you have to pay water you have to pay to keep it clean things don't last forever, you got to pay to replace the roof, you got to pay to fix this and that, right, owning a building costs money. If you're renting a, a space, that costs, right, so when, when we say, what does the church need money for? You need money to pay for the people doing ministry professionally. And you need money for the building, right, um and i i this is something i want to hear your thoughts on because as i'm talking i've had more conversations than i'm i'm accustomed to having recently about the pay of professional church workers right because what i i if if you're a of a more frugal mindset maybe what you just heard from me is that you just need to pay them enough to survive. Which, you know, you could, right? But there is a reality that someone else, somewhere else is going to be willing to pay appropriately, right? Because if you're in the LCMS, that means your pastor at least has a master's degree. Right. And we live in a society where the more education you have, generally speaking, the more money you command. Right. And whether that is right or not, there's a reality of that. And we live in a capitalistic society. So the reality is, if you want to have and retain good staff. And I'm talking your pastor, I'm talking your secretary, your Director of music, your t- like whatever staff member, if you want to get and retain quality staff members, you have to pay them enough that someone else can't just swoop in and say, "Hey, I'm going to pay you like a reasonable industry standard," and it looks like a huge jump up. Right, um, because and and I'm speaking to this reality, and this is informed by Bierman. If I get a call. Right, And I am, for anyone at Edgewater panicking, I'm off limits for three years, unless something really bad happens. Um, but say I get a call and say this new church, all ministry opportunities are equal, right? I can serve God just as well at this church as I can at that church, um, which isn't, is not always going to be the case, right? There are some churches that call and it's like, that's not a match for my skills, that's not a match for my passions, Um, whatever. But saying all things ministry are equal, if they're willing to pay me 30 grand more a year, there is a reality that I'm probably going to take that job. And like I said, I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's wrong. We live in a capitalist economy, that's how it works. You You want the best pastor you can get and you wanna keep him, at very least you should be paying him appropriately. I'm not saying make him wealthy, right? None of us went into the ministry because we wanted to be rich, right? We wouldn't have picked this job. But the reality is if every month I am I am like white knuckled gripping the table as I'm watching my my budget to see whether or not we're gonna make it, if another church comes along and says, hey, you're not gonna be rich, but you're not gonna have to worry about paying your bills. Like we'll take care of you well. Just saying. That so that's that's immediately and and you can talk about other things you do in ministry that are, require money. But I think fundamentally, if you're gonna strip it down, those are your two expenses. You have to cover your salaries, you have to cover your facilities.
1: I mean, at the very least, that's a fair place to start. Um as I was thinking about. A couple of things you said, one, it's worth noting not every guy in the, or not every pastor in the LCMS has a master's degree, but a lot of our guys who don't, who have one of our certificate degrees, they get more education than a lot of people who get MDivs at, or in other denominations. Um, I think the, the LCMS, I saw a statistic about five years ago, the LCMS's like average education rate for its pastors is like the third or fourth highest in the United States. Um, so in terms of people with master's degrees,
0: we're not the first.
1: Yeah, it's, we're not the first, but we're not far off. Um, I mean, it, it's Catholic priests, like, I think that are the highest because they have to go through eight years of seminary training. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, all of that is to say our education level that we require in the Senate is, is high. Um, and the, the synod doesn't necessarily expect churches to pay us like we would get paid if that master's degree was in business or something else. Um, Cause there would be very few churches that could reasonably afford that and still do ministry. But uh, a comp that I've seen a couple of times and I think is a, a helpful one is are you paying your pastor like local school teachers get paid? Um, Because we're in a similar industry. We're in an industry where it's fairly service oriented. Um, School teachers do not get paid enough uh, for what they do, Um, but they do it because they love the job. Pastors oftentimes are in the same boat could we get paid more for the skill sets we have sure but we're here because we love the job not necessarily because of the pay um Josh, why are you smirking
0: i'm i'm smirking because you you say we, we we uh we we could get paid more for our skill sets elsewhere um and it just makes me think coming out of undergrad i had a I had a job ju- out of undergrad for my skill set I had a job offer for six figures coming out of undergrad six figures full benefits and I get to go to every single hockey game the Nashville Predators play cuz it was running stats for them right so there's there's a lot of truth to that if I wanted to make money I could leave this industry and be making money pretty quick because I'm good at math
1: we we're kind of anomalies I have now, a we're bachelor's degree in that, in that yeah. regard <laughs> I have a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and Josh has a degree in math. Um, so it's, we're maybe not the most prototypical pastors in the LCMS, but still like, it isn't about the money, but like, think about comps in terms of other professions in the area that are more service oriented, um, and aren't people generally in it for the money. Um, and then the other thing that I was kind of thinking about as you were talking was the the two kind of necessities for ministry that you see. Um, I agree with you on those things being needs, um, but I think we so overemphasize those things as needs sometimes that those get priorities one, two, and then like all the way down to 20. So people are so scared about losing their pastor or so scared a lot about losing their building that they, they skimp on other things that are perhaps more important. Um, and where my head is going on that is specifically on like care and outreach kind of things. Um, I kind of look at the the church and the way that we use our money somewhat like an investment. Um, If you ham fist your money, sure, you'll be financially stable, but your church really isn't going to do anything. Um, If you put your money into things, you might see a return no guarantee but you might see a return on you know people's lives being impacted through programs you might see um improvements in your neighborhood you might see maybe a a boost in uh in people interested in the church um yeah,
0: right. If you it, I mean, this is a very like business way to look at it. And and I'm not. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say that is not the best way to look at it.
1: That's fair. It's just in my but head,
0: a business way to look at it is the reality if you spend, say you spend $700 in, in outreach, and you get one family to join the church with that $700 you spent. And they tithe faithfully. Yeah. You've
1: recouped your money. You literally see a monetary return, and I'm not even thinking about it in terms of monetary returns either. I'm just thinking of it in terms of like kingdom returns. Like, if we sit on money and do nothing, think of the parable of of the uh, the servants. Uh, the master gives the servants a certain number of talents and says you know take care of these for when i come back first one goes out doubles his money second one goes out doubles his money third one gets one talent buries it in the ground sits on it forever and does nothing with it that's like that's kind of my picture of the way that churches maybe should use their budgets is not like we want to put money out so that we'll get more money back but it's we'll put money out because our return Will be greater whether it's monetary or something else right
0: yeah and and this is so this is something i don't know if i've thought all the way through it so i want to like preface it with that but i think i think if the church you should not be sitting with a huge sum in your bank account that's just sitting there um if, if you were to ask me what's what's kind of the right amount for a church to have sitting in like a savings account I would say you want an emergency fund so like just just like I Chris and I have as a family we have some money that's sitting in a savings account zero risk savings account but also zero gain and we have it sitting there so that if i was to lose my job or something terrible was to happen we would we would be able to pay our bills for at least a couple months mm-hmm. enough time to recover so I, I i don't think it's unreasonable for a church to have that same attitude of you know if something if something really bad happens we want to have some money in the bank to handle that Right, I'm I'm okay with that. I I understand having an emergency fund. I think that's probably a, like a good stewardship thing to do. However, you shouldn't just let money stack up and stack up and stack up because that money could and I think should be doing ministry, right? And and where I'm here's where I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I actually want to say what I'm about to say, so I'm going to say it and maybe ask for forgiveness later um is the idea of endowment funds Mm -hmm. right uh for those of you who are unfamiliar and i'm not super familiar so i could understand this wrong i mostly pick this up through context an endowment fund is essentially just a ton of money sitting in an investment account somewhere and essentially uh, the idea (laughs) at at some churches is you have this big endowment fund and you operate off the interest so say you have a million dollars in the stock market and you make, you average say 8% returns a year, right? You're making, oh, shoot. That's you're making 80, $80,000 a year in interest. And from that million dollars, you just pull the 80 grand out every year and you use that. Um, which I'm thinking like you're, imagine the kind of ministry that million dollars could do and it's it's the difference between like a, a circle the wagons mentality and let's go out and do ministry mentality and i'm solidly on the side of let's go out and do ministry so like i know i know an endowment thing is like something that kind of gets pushed in in some places but i'm i'm not sure that's good stewardship of of what we've been given
1: mhm i I agree with you there um i think like i think of it kind of like uh almost siege-esque we're gonna get a little off the wall here um so as as small churches begin to feel like they are dying or decaying um they will hole up in their keep, their, their sanctuary, their building. Um, and they will start to ration resources. They will start to ration budgets. They will start to ration, um, whatever endowment or savings fund they have left and hold on to everything for dear life. Um, and that's, you know, According to the world, a reasonably financially sound thing to do, but that also like stifles a lot of your opportunities to do kingdom work. Uh, um, yeah,
0: and and you circle back: what is the mission we're pursuing?
1: Mm-hmm. We're
0: making disciples, and we're doing gospel work.
1: Mm-hmm. And and in my head, all that says is, okay, you're just waiting to die, yeah. right? Because it, it, if you're in a siege and you're just holding up and, and like rationing resources, you're hoping that someone from outside is going to come save you, and otherwise you're waiting to die. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of churches are just waiting to die. They don't invest in any sort of breakout strategy. They don't invest in any sort of way to to see or realize a, a change that could bring life back into the church um yeah it in some ways we need to be using budgets especially in that kind of situation where you've got some sort of endowment or savings above and beyond like an emergency savings that's got to go into breakout strategies not trying not to die strategies.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, I don't know. I I I feel like when when it comes to money, we're too concerned with the preservationist kind of. We, we want to keep what we have going as long as we can, and it's like, well, let's let's look to where God is is working, not where He has worked in the past. Um, so now may, maybe, maybe, and unless we have more on this, where do we, where, where's the biggest place place churches waste money? Cause there's the flip side of this, right? There are people who they sit in the church and they don't want to spend anything because they're mm-hmm. like, you know, we want to pay our absolute like necessity bills as long as we can. And, and, and. I hope that I die before we run out of that, or whatever um, which we I think we've covered at this point that's that's not really a faithful attitude to have um, have confidence that God's going to take care of his church have some awareness that it might not look like you want it to look like and and go forth boldly, I guess, but I think there's the other side of people who who spend money on like irresponsible or 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 unwise things. And I think the the thing that comes to mind to fir- first for me is gimmicks. Mm. Like people spend money on gimmicky stuff to try and, and 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 almost and almost like trick people into coming into the church. And it's like I have faith in the "quote unquote" product, right? So let's uh, let's uh, let's spend money on more meaningful things than these gimmicks. And I don't know if it's safe for me to think of an example, so I'm going to throw it back to you. Uh,
1: I think my example is probably unnecessary upgrades. Um. I think that like the temptation is uh this thing is now older than whatever the equivalent new model is and it's frustrating me so let's get rid of it and get the new one um i think in in churches right now like some of the big ones are displays um I mean there can be some financially wise decisions for for upgrading displays like getting a big flat panel tv is uh a lot cheaper than replacing like two or three projector bulbs um and it's going to last you longer so th- i mean there's some wisdom to that but like th- there's also a level at which you're just you're overkilling it and you're not maybe financially stewarding things well um well and it's one of those things you
0: got to keep in mind like who are you who are you serving
1: yeah
0: right if you're trying to be on the cutting edge of technology but the people in your community don't know how the internet works
1: (laughs) yeah
0: like you, you yeah that's probably not a great place to to put your your money right yeah um in the same way, if you're if you're in, in a college town, right, spending your money on something on radio ads is probably not the move, because mm-hmm. no one's listening.
1: That's fair. I one that's a, a current example here. Uh, I live stream my Bible studies, and I just do it with. A, i've got the camera floating around here somewhere yeah um like 25 30 camera that my wife and i got last year at the seminary um for the sake of class like zoom classes is it great no does it do the job yeah could we do better certainly Do we need to do better? I don't know. Because I'd much rather have people physically present in Bible study and and able to engage in those conversations whenever and wherever they can. Realizing that some of them are in Florida for the winter or uh, up north during the summer or... um, some, you know, visiting family or whatever, and they want to tune in and they want to be able to participate or go back and watch later after work or whatever the, the circumstance might be. Um, but is that enough of a priority to, to meet the needs of those people that we should drop a few hundred dollars on a camera and a new computer and mics to make that space more available? and accessible
0: right. well and and then you have the question of do they care
1: they probably do i've gotten some complaints oh, well.
0: <laughs> right and just because something is cool doesn't mean you should spend money on it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so i think there and yeah, I, there's a balance to be struck, right? I mm-hmm. don't sit on your dragon's hoard, but also don't just throw money around because you have it, right?
1: Yeah. It's it is definitely a, a delicate balancing act and I don't like I'm not going to sit here and diminish that fact. Um, but I think it's it's a worthwhile conversation for us as pastors and as, and churches in general to be engaging in is are we using our money for the sake of self-preservation or are we using our money for the sake of advancing the church of god
0: yeah yeah well and i think
1: or self-comfort not even just self-preservation but self-comfort
0: right and I think all of this to say, you know, these are all maybe conversations that that are happening in, in the leadership teams of the church, right? But I think if you're listening to this and you're not part of one of those leadership teams, right? You're you're just kind of in a you show up, you're, you're made, like you're involved with the church, but you're not you're not in a leadership role, um, which is fine. You may ask, well, how does this apply to me? The first and foremost thing I would say is keep this in mind when you are giving. Um, You are not giving to support a specific program or to whatever, you're giving to God's church as, as an act of worship. Is, is actually what it is um so and th- this is to say two things the first is just because the church is doing something you disagree with i mean s- communicate that communicate that with love and with kindness but communicate that but you don't say i'm i'm gonna stop giving because they're doing this thing i don't like right that's that's not appropriate right because you you do not always know what's best for the church, right? You probably don't have the full picture, et cetera, et cetera. And the second thing is, is and this drives me nuts, don't be manipulative with your giving, right? And, and the way I've seen people do this is they give, and they give to a specific fund that doesn't exist so that the church then has to spend that money on that thing so an example might be maybe you don't like the carpet in the sanctuary so you give to the new sanctuary carpet fund there wasn't a a new sanctuary carpet fund and now there is and there the church has this money but the only way they're allowed to spend it is if they're replacing the carpet which kind of pushes to and it's like no that's inappropriate. Like that's, that's manipulating the church with your own goals and preferences in mind. And that, that grinds my gears.
1: I think to me, there's also a difference between um, doing something like that. And this is an example from my home church. Um and Josh is currently walking his dog down the hallway to prevent her from destroying anything in his office um uh, or prevent him from destroying anything in his office my dog's female, so that's my mistake um since I want Josh to hear this other point um what i i what i want to to emphasize from josh's uh point there is yeah it's important to not be manipulative in your giving, but also there are other ways to communicate about finances other than, um, you know, talking to your leaders. Like within the LCMS, voters meetings are huge at, at most churches, and you have the ability to put say into how church funds are spent through voters meetings. Um, but Josh, something I wanted to throw at you um, was kind of related to the manipulative giving thing but maybe in a little bit different direction Um, i think there are times where it's maybe appropriate to encourage the church to do a little better in some regards like if you have a time of fellowship and uh, the church coffee is literally undrinkable uh, because it is so terrible um i don't think it's necessarily inappropriate to like if you're just absolutely sick of it maybe buy a new coffee maker or pay the little bit of extra for the church to get some slightly nicer and and drinkable coffee um but again within reason like you don't want to sp- like spend all of the money that you are supposed to tithe on Doing something like getting slightly better coffee for church, but at the same time, like it's maybe not completely unreasonable to do some small things and and stuff like that. I'm not saying that my church's coffee is undrinkable. Worth me throwing that out there.
0: Yeah, well, and this like this is something that Chris and I. So Chris and I um, might the tithe from my salary goes directly to the church right? It's, it's set up on automatic giving. Um, I get paid on the 15th and the and the, la- the 15th of the month and the last day of the month. So on the 16th of the month and the first day of the next month, at 10% of, of what I earn, actually, well, a little more than 10% because I like round numbers. Um, it goes, it just goes. And, uh, and, but with Chris's income, 10% of that, we set aside and we set aside to, for those little things, and they're, and and from where I sit, they're little things that I know could get approved, like they'd be approved expenses, right? But I don't wanna have to fill out a reimbursement. I don't wanna have to send in receipts. I don't wanna have to deal with that. So I just get it, right? And an example is like the, uh, the the crosses for palm sunday right that's like a $15 expense on amazon i'm like yes they'd be approved i don't feel like like doing the receipts and the paperwork and whatever um so i'm just going to order them and and that comes out of the 10% so i i think you're right i think that's appropriate um but even that i wouldn't say it's it's manipulative right i'm i see a need and i'm taking care of a need mm-hmm right and i'm not i'm not trying to force the church to spend money on anything i'm i'm helping the church out in that way um so no i think you're right i and i i'm trying to think of like what what is a more definitive line for people because i'm sure because there's one specific instance that's coming to mind for me that I'm not going to use because I don't know if any of the people involved with this situation listen to this podcast cuz they would recognize the situation instantly. Um but you think that there's a need and that's why you you gave to the fund that doesn't exist. And it wasn't a need, it was a want. So I and and I don't know that I can give you a clear cut line. Except for to tell you to think pretty seriously about it.
1: I guess it, it, in my mind, it kind of circles back to like, does this thing accomplish ministry goals? Um, in the sake of getting slightly better coffee, it might. Cause if somebody shows up to your church and your coffee is undrinkable uh, and they like coffee They might never come back. If you show up, if they show up to your church and your coffee is like passable and the people are great. There's chance that they might come back. Um, I'm hoping somebody never chooses a church completely based on its coffee quality. But like, you know, that that's a reality. And, um,
0: and if you're sitting here thinking, no way, that it is entirely possible. I have met people who go to a church for a stupider reason than that.
1: Yeah.
0: Which you know, uh, I I mean, you're in church, so I'm happy, right? Yeah. You're hearing the gospel on a regular basis. I don't really care what got you there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I care a little bit. Anyway.
1: I I know a church, or I know a. a a family that switched churches because of the smell of the sanctuary like it was an old sanctuary constantly smelled like an old sanctuary and they just couldn't handle it so they left yeah anyway um yeah all of this is to say like are there ministry reasons for doing some things with money absolutely But realistically, our our money as churches, as Christians, should be going more towards, like, reinforcing our fellowship, reinforcing the body of Christ, and reaching out to the lost. Um, And if that's where we're investing our time, our effort, our money, uh, as individuals, as churches, I think we're going to see a lot bigger return on our investment than if we are being super conservative with it.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I'm I'm going to be even a little bit more bold. I'm going to say not just we'll see a return on our, our investment. That's a that's we're we're being faithful with what we've been given.
1: Yeah, that's what the law says to do. <laughs> right.
0: So whether or not you agree with us, or you I shouldn't say this. Whether or not you like what we're saying, the reality is this is what we are told to do. We are told to use our resources to to build disciples and to and to reach the lost right that is that is the scriptural and that's not just a church thing that's period right you are you are to use your money as an individual to build disciples to grow closer to Christ and to reach the lost and you say well what? well part of building disciples is taking care of them right if you are spending money on rent, as far as I'm concerned, that's part of building, uh, building disciples, right? You're taking care of yourself and your family. You're showing people that, you know, you're, you're living honestly because you're not stealing whatever. For, like I can go on this, right? We can, we can draw this out. And ultimately, I think that's, that's the qualifier. And this probably actually pairs nicely with our, um, with our podcast from last week on hobbies, right? If you're spending money, it it should ultimately be in that pursuit. Is it, is it going to support your relationship with God? Is it going to build disciples? Is it reaching the lost? And if the answer is no to all those questions, you better really seriously consider if that's where you want to be spending the money. Mm-hmm. So, hot take. I, Maybe hot take. Medium temperature take.
1: Medium temperature take away. Uh, thank you uh because i think that's basically my takeaway is as as churches as individuals like we need to be constantly reassessing our budgets and asking ourselves are we doing this out of a sense of self-preservation and comfort or are we doing this out of a sense of
0: i think i lost ben i'm almost certain i lost ben so i'm gonna go with my takeaway ladies and gentlemen
1: i might also be frozen
0: oh now you're back now ben's cool. back
1: did you hear any of that
0: i uh, know
1: okay my takeaway is basically if we we need to be observing whether things are out of a sense of self uh perseverance or preservation and comfort or if they're of a sense of service and ministry um if you like your budget you might need to change it because if you like your budget uh it's probably going to suit you and not necessarily suit the kingdom
0: and i think my takeaway is going to be kind of that last point always think about what ultimately you are pursuing with your spending of money Right, because how you spend your money, it, it's communicating something about your priorities, whether you like it or not. Um, and that, and that isn't to say, you know, you should, you should be giving all your money to church. But the reality is how you spend your money should be in line with your beliefs, in line with the faith we share. And if it's not, you probably need to revisit that. So uh, prayer requests for the day. Pray that God gives you a clear head to think about this kind of stuff. Um, Grace when you don't.
1: And for sound discernment on, on the decisions you make with the money you have.
0: Yeah, there we go. That's all she wrote. Go in peace, serve the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.